series of lessons that we've been doing has one entitled The Discipline of Being with Children. Mm -hmm. And as we thought about who should present this lesson, Megan was at the top of our list. Our sister, a daughter of God, who's given herself through motherhood, through education, through her time in the Word, uh, to taking this subject very seriously. And so we're asking you to listen. Uh, and I want to pray a blessing. Father, we thank you that through Jesus, you've overcome many of the barriers that exist in our thinking and in our world. And Father, we know there's some that we have yet to make progress on. We thank you that you're patient and loving, but in your love you push us and challenge us and stretch us. We thank you for the blessing that children are to us in our families, in our community, here in this place of faith. And so, Father, we pray that your word will speak loud and clear through your daughter and that we will hear and put into practice the things that we learn. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. I, I teach from slides, so this, this won't happen unless y'all get my... There we go. What a blessing to be um, in this place. <laughs> I told Greg, it's, it's hard for me not to feel emotion from this place, so thank you. Thank you to everyone who texted me and said that they loved me and supported me. Um, our family has been here at Stones River, what, this is our fourth year? Um, and guys, we were in Tullahoma with our home church that supported us on the mission field, and Greg was preaching, and I missed you all. I missed, I missed my home church, and that, that says a lot. Um, so thank you. Thank you for being family to the McKenzie family, because um, that's what it's all about. So hopefully I'm done with that. <laughs> all right. Um, so we're going to talk about the discipline of being with children today, and I want you to go ahead, and I, I'm probably going to have to tell you all to click every time I want it done. But um, we've been in a series lately, so if you haven't been with us, uh, we've been working out of this book by David Fitch called Faithful Presence. And if you're unaware, we have a Wednesday night Bible study where we're going through this book. And um, we started off, Greg preached on friendship at the margins. Um, powerful lesson. In fact, he preached it again last Sunday, and I needed to hear it again um, with our Cedar Lane congregation. Um, proclaiming the gospel, uh, John brought that. Um, John King taught on kingdom prayer. These are all disciplines that we're supposed to have as the church. Um, I missed last week and was unable to hear it. It wasn't posted yet. I, I heard. Actually, I didn't. Was it amazing? Okay, I'll just take your word, John. Um, reconciliation, and then that brings us to today. Um, but what I, want, what I want you to understand, the title of this book is Faithful Presence. 
okay? None of these happen without presence. So we have to be present to our friends at the margins. We can't just give money to a program. We can, but we also have to have presence. We have to have presence if we want to speak into someone else's life. Because why would they listen unless you're present to them? We need presence to understand the compassion that John King talked about. If you, if you aren't present with people, then what is there to pray for? Okay? And then you obviously can't reconcile unless you're present with each other. I don't even have to listen to the sermon to know that. So today, being with children, go ahead and click that slide. I'm going to remind us of a couple of key passages. Greg kicked us off with this one. It comes out of Luke. But Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Keep going. We're studying Mark, or you guys are. I'm with the kids. We're studying Mark, too, in the kids' class. Um, The beginning of Mark... The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Now, I grew up in the Church of Christ, and I heard the word repent my whole life. Repent, repent. And that that usually meant walk down the center aisle and be embarrassed in front of the whole church. No, not really, but sort of. Um, It wasn't until our mission work in Peru and we studied the book of Mark with, with people that wanted to know who Jesus was. And I know Greg's teaching, and I know every week he asks you, who is Jesus? Repent. I'm, here's your little Spanish lesson for the day. Cambien su manera de pensar y de vivir. It literally translates to change the way you think and live. Now, I don't know about you, church, But I need y'all to remind me to repent every Sunday because the world tells me to live a certain way and it's not the way Jesus tells me. So may today be a day where you are reminded to change the way you think and the way you're living. So here's our title again. Notice a difference. Raise your hand if you're gifted to work with children. Come on now, that's like our entire church. Not really, but most of us. Okay, uh, how many of you know someone who is gifted to work with children? I think we all, okay, I, I am a middle school math teacher. Now raise your hand if you're gifted to do that. Camille Hester, raise your hand. Yeah, that's right. My, my teammate came to hear me today. I'm so thankful she's here. Uh, and I'll, we'll just tell you, y'all can't all do that, okay? It's, it's, not a, it's not an easy job, okay? Number one, middle schoolers. <laughs> the end. Number two, math. That takes all the ELA and history teachers out, okay? So um, I want you to get away from that mindset. If you're checking out because you don't work with children very well, that's this guy. He's like, I'm, I'm out. No, this is for everybody today, okay? I want us to get away from the mindset. This sermon today is not a Christian view of children, okay? It's not what it is. This is about discipleship, and it is about the kingdom of God. And if you are a disciple of Christ, you listen up today, 
All right, that's the word I'm bringing. Okay, let's go. So, Church of Christ, three-point sermon. (laughs) Extra points if they start with the same letter. (laughs) Extra points with the doctor of theology if I use the word pericope. (laughs) So here we go. Pericope, people, and practice. All right. Pericope is a fancy word for passage, but isn't pericope much more fun, okay? So I, I uh, took our passage today, which we're going to be in Mark, if you want to go there. Um, I took this passage, and it is in these three Gospels. It's in all three. So go ahead and go to the next slide, because I have all three lined up with each other. And um, if you line these up next to each other, I had an excellent, y'all, I've had an excellent teacher. No one has ever really coached me on how to preach a sermon, but I had somebody that, that coached me, okay? And he said, he said, find this passage in the Gospels and see where it is and then, and then see what the differences are. And so I did. I lined them up, and there are some differences, but there's lots of similarities, okay? And, um, I mean, a major similarity is they have the people I'm about to talk to you about. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use Mark. I mean, why not? We're already using Mark in Sunday morning Bible class, right? Um, so I, I'm, I'm going to read this passage to you, and that's what we're going to go from today. So the word of God for the people of God. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have them touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, He was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will not enter it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. Okay, so this passage, like I said, is in all three Gospels. And I also want to call attention to the fact that if you were to read before this, and y'all can go ahead and go on, if you read before the story, two of the Gospels have the exact same um, pericope on divorce, um, but it's, it's the same audience. Jesus is taught, he's with his disciples and he has an audience of people and it's kind of a flow of stories all together, okay? All three immediately have the story of the rich young ruler afterward. And I, I just think that's interesting, okay? So we're going from kids to the rich young ruler and I think that's important to know as we go along here. So the, the disciples, not yet, the disciples are over in the background, okay? And um, if you have a rich young ruler, you know, off to the side, you can imagine what they're thinking, okay? They're like, hey, you know, big money off to the side here, guys, okay? So I I just want to just draw your attention to that. Okay, which leads me to my second point, which is people. And this is the one I'm going to dwell in a long time. Um, Other than Jesus, who are the characters in our story? Okay, now I don't know about you. I've heard this story my whole life, and I've seen pictures of it, okay? And I need to find my my slides. Um, if If we go on... Uh, here at the beginning, here, here are, and I, and I see what John is saying. Some of my colors aren't showing up on the screen. Um, there's three stars of the show other than Jesus, okay? People were bringing little children to Jesus to have them touch them 
but the disciples rebuke them. So I want to talk to you a moment about the people who brought the children. We're going to talk about the children, and we're going to talk about the disciples, okay? Now, I'm going to tell you a little story. So flip on to the next screen. I'm going to tell you a little story about a woman I know that um, had two children, and she was a stay-at-home mom, and her husband walked out on the family, okay, left, left her. She had no job, and she ended up having to seek out help with a family member. So she moved her, her little family to, to live close with family. Well, in the course of staying with family, she was in contact with some people, and she heard about a church in, a, in another state, a church in another state that had a ministry for single women. They had a ministry for single divorced women. Not only did they have a ministry for women, they also had a ministry for youth. And this young mother heard about this, and she made a huge decision. She moved her family to be in the city where this church was. Would it not be amazing to be known for a ministry to single women and children? <laughs> I just think that's amazing. So go on to the next slide here. I have never personally, when reading this story, thought about who these people were that brought the children. I've, I've never considered it until I was just dwelling in this passage, and it just made me go, huh, who are these people? They'd obviously heard what Jesus does. I mean, Jesus is doing some pretty amazing things. He's healing, you know, he's casting out demons. And so who are these people that brought their children to Jesus? And I think it's just in, you know, they're, they're obviously people that want their children blessed by Jesus, okay? So just in thinking about this, I thought, who, who are people now, today, where kingdom needs to break in, okay? Jesus, Jesus is bringing the kingdom. He's breaking in, and people are wanting to be blessed and sent by him. So I just made a list, and some of you may could, maybe could add to it, but I put single parents or young parents, grandparents. As a teacher, I'm seeing more and more of my students being raised by their grandparents, and, and a lot of these grandparents are completely ignorant of what to do with these kids and their devices, I mean, uh, people my age don't know what to do with kids and their devices. Um, foster and adoption agencies. You think they want kingdom to break through? Absolutely. Immigrants. And then I put teachers and school personnel. Absolutely. Who is it in our society that's working with children where kingdom needs to break in? Children that need to be blessed by Jesus. So... I just want you to consider those people. Okay, then that brings us to the next group of people, the little children. Do you like that painting? Jesus loves the little children. And that's, that's the point of the whole story, right? No, that's what I'm here to tell you today. That's not the whole point. Jesus does love the little children. And I don't know if he had a dove in his hand or not. It's kind of as my... As my kids would say, it's kind of cringy, right? Um, but uh, I, put this, I put this up here to make you laugh because Jesus looks so happy. Um, 
we're going to get to the word indignant here in a minute. But um, this, is, this is Jesus looking at these perfect little children, and they have all been bathed, and their hair is all clean, and the parents as well. Um, I want us to look a little bit more closely at children in this story, okay? So, click. In the Hellenistic world, children were nobodies, okay? Children had no status. In the Jewish culture, boys couldn't even participate until the age of 13. And then it was obviously just boys, okay? So if you were a little girl, you know, imagine. Um, the only hope a child could have was to run a family business. And that wasn't everybody. That was definitely not everybody. Um, the word used for children, if you look at Luke's account, he actually uses the word infant, the people brought infants to Jesus. The, peop the, the people brought babies. The, word, the Greek word used is a Greek word that can be used for any child from baby through 12 years of age. And it's also used for slaves. Now, tell me what status slaves have. <laughs> okay, so this word, these are nobodies. These are people that have no status in culture. And I think that's hard for us to grasp onto because some of us really do idolize our children, okay? I mean, our, our society does that sometimes. So uh, my dad's here today. Thank you, Dad, for coming. Um, I, I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I had everything I ever needed or wanted. I was raised on a farm. Now, he, he made me think I didn't have everything because he said, you're going to work on this farm. Uh, but I did. I, I, I knew I was college-bound, and I knew I had help if I needed it. Um, and I, I think many of you can relate to that. Some of you, some of you weren't. Some of you were born in poverty, and uh, you may relate better to this. But those of us that, that weren't, I want, you to, I want you to think about those that capture these three words, okay? These are children that are with powerlessness, receptiveness. Well, Y'all keep going without me finishing reading. And dependence. Now you can go. Can you tell I'm a teacher? Well, one of them's not. All right. So I'm going to share three stories because I, do, I have worked with kids my whole life. I've worked with kids. It's kind of my jam, okay? So I'm going to share three stories that relate to these three words, and I, I hope it can maybe bring, bring some of this home for you. All right, I'm going to talk about powerlessness. Um, my first year of teaching, I worked in Marion, Arkansas. Greg was in his master's program in Memphis, and I'd drive across the bridge through West Memphis to Marion, Arkansas every day. Um, and uh, I had a, had a young lady that was falling asleep in class every day and talked to the other teachers, and it come, come to find out she's sleeping in everybody's class every single day. And the teachers got together, and of course, you know, as good teachers do we we have a consequence chart right it's like you know strike one strike two you're out right well she was definitely out so the teachers were talking about her consequence and I I'm just a first year teacher I'm learning a lot but the I would say the compassion the passion I feel for children okay really came up out of me and I thought ah this just doesn't feel right I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to this girl so I did I I called this girl out of class and had her one-on-one -on -one and I said hey what's going on? 
you're, you're sleeping in my class and we've talked about it and you continue to do it. And I've, I've been told you're sleeping in everybody's, everybody else's class. Like what is going on? And this little girl told me a story I will never forget. She said, I was actually Miss Bills at the time. Miss Bills, I, uh, I have two, two twin baby brother and sister at home and they cry all night. And my mama, she's, she's out doing drugs with her friends. So me and my sister, we have to take care of these babies. And I'm just going, I mean, th this is a sixth grader, okay? And I'm like, what? And I said, I said, well, what do you feed them? And she said, well, sometimes there's a little bit of sugar in our sugar bowl, and I mix it with some water and give them sugar water. <laughs> Last thing she needed was a consequence, Okay powerlessness. That's what this girl's coming from. Next story. This is a picture I have hanging up in my classroom and I have a lot of students ask me who this is. Why, why Miss McKenzie, do you have this guy on your, you know, your wall? It's like my kids and then Jason. Okay, this kid's name is Jason. Um, I taught in my, my story is wherever Greg's in school, so this is when Greg was in his PhD program. And uh, <laughs> I had to drive to inner city Los Angeles that time for, for work um, and worked, worked amongst a Salvadoran population there. Uh, sixth grade teacher, once again, and uh, Jason, whoo, rough. <laughs> um, in fact, I tell teachers where I teach right now that complain. I'm like, some of y'all need to go to inner city LA and teach before you complain about what we see around here. Um, Jason was rough. Jason came from a broken family. He had no mom. Um, his dad was absent. His sister, after the, after the story I'm about to tell you, became pregnant, dropped out of high school. Um, Jason had a really rough home life, and we knew that. And Jason was rough. Jason, if he wanted to cuss you out, he would. And just the littlest triggers would, you know, cause him to do that. So Jason and I, we had a few conversations his sixth grade year, and um, they were rough, you know, and Jason's one of those kids you just don't even know. You don't know because <laughs> um, he, he put on this tough face, and it was really hard to break through. Well, fast forward to Jason's eighth grade year. I'm still teaching sixth grade. Had another kid like Jason, okay? Had to call him out into the hallway, and um, I had this kid. He was sitting on this bench, and I, I, was, I was crouched down, and I was trying to have a conversation with him trying to be present, um, just about his attitude and the way he was talking to me. And Jason comes walking, walking behind us, okay? And he goes, Mr. McKenzie, what did he do? And I go, well, Jason, hello. Um, we're, we're having a conversation here, you know. We're, he goes, did you, were you disrespectful to Miss McKenzie? And that kid, I mean, he looked at Jason, he was like, Yes. And Jason said, he goes, you don't be disrespectful to Miss McKenzie. She loves you. you. You respect her. You talk to her like she loves you. I mean, he just was just preaching to this kid. And I thought, my gosh, is this the kid I taught in sixth grade? Receptiveness. Okay. Next story. This one's a cutie patootie. If you don't know me, this is my youngest son. I've got three kids, but this one, hmm. El principe de la casa, the prince of the house, as the Peruvians would say. No, I, I put this one up. We just took a wonderful 
fall break trip. And the McKenzie family has not taken very many vacations, have we, Maggie? We have not. My kids thought it was glorious. They had never eaten out so much in all their lives. Um, and I just, Cohen, I'm not, I, I got permission from Cohen to show his picture and tell the story, but it's very simple. Cohen just, he goes, Mama, thank you. Thank you so much for taking us on this trip. Thank you for, for this ice cream. That was our ice cream date, right? Um, and I just, that just makes me think of dependence. All right, continue on. I've got to find my place on my slides over here. So those three stories I share with you to maybe strike home uh, children that come from a place of powerlessness, receptiveness, and dependence. To me, that's who this story is talking about, Okay. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. So while we are talking about children, I want you to think who in society also exhibits these three things? Who is unimportant? Who is deemed dependent? Who is vulnerable? Jesus uses the phrase such as these. This isn't just children. Uh, the kingdom of God and what we're called to be, friendship at the margins. Y'all, this is the same Jesus, same kingdom. So um, kids definitely teach us that, but there are adults that are in this position. All right, which brings me into my final group of people, the, the smart ones. They get it, don't they? They get it the first time Jesus tells them. Mm-hmm. The disciples, Jesus probably never shook his head at his disciples. <laughs> but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. Now, that caught my eye. Now, indignant is not in all three gospel stories, but Mark decided to use that. And I love it because it shows us the emotion of Jesus. Okay? And indignation is anger aroused by something unjust, unworthy, or mean. And I love that it says that Jesus was indignant with his disciples. He was not okay with the way that they welcomed these children, these people bringing children. So go on to the next one. Uh, this, this is a passage from Mark that actually happened earlier on. You remember when the disciples were arguing over who was the greatest? Because that was the first time Jesus told them this, right? No, I mean, y'all, this is like the continuing story of the disciples not getting it, which is us. We're those people, guys, okay? Um, he took a little child. Okay, they're arguing. This is what Jesus does. He took a little child and had him stand among them. Taking him in his arms, he said to them, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. They had already been told to welcome the children like welcoming Jesus. Okay? So uh, then let's go on to the next one. Oh, is that the next one? No, you went back. Oh, no, maybe you did. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right, so here we are. So who is the greatest? You know, because the disciples... We're arguing over that. 
Uh, this story of Jesus welcoming the children and getting indignant and putting the disciples in their place, this is a model for receiving the kingdom. Okay, the kingdom is breaking in. Heaven is not something we're going to go up to in the clouds one day. Y'all, the kingdom is here, okay? The kingdom's here. The kingdom's not yet. But y'all, we are part of kingdom right now. And this is what Jesus is talking about. It is a proclamation of what God's kingdom is about. His proclamation is being included is, is grace. There is nothing you can do to earn a place in the kingdom. All right? These children are the lowest in society. There's nothing they can do to be in it. The disciples are coming from this place of, oh, who's the greatest? Who's going to get to sit by Jesus, you know? He, he's trying to teach them, y'all, this, no, that's not what it's about. This is all about grace, and I love it. That's what you all sang about this morning. His grace is enough, amen? So the wisdom we glean from children, we receive everything as a gift. Thank you, Mama. When we're kids, it's what's given to us, Right? There's no rank, there's no status, there's no self-image that gets us into the kingdom. And yet, as adults, we still try to do that. And I'm guilty of it. I try, it's like I'm trying to earn points for heaven, okay? Or I, or I think in those terms. I need that reminder every Sunday with you all that his grace is enough. This is also a lesson in hospitality, do we want to be a church known for welcoming the poor and powerless? Okay, hospitality and how leadership should function in the church. Jesus is telling his disciples, listen up, buddy, buddies. You better welcome these children because when you welcome them, who are you welcoming? You're welcoming me. Not only are you welcoming me, you're welcoming the one who sent me, and that's a pretty big deal, okay? So, the, I mean, th this story is about discipleship and what these disciples are not doing. Jesus is telling them, you welcome these children because you're welcoming me. All right, I've got a couple of, of verses I wanted to highlight here. So, anyone, click, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Mic drop. I don't know if you've ever read this, like it's kind of a command, but y'all, how, how else am I supposed to read that? Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. That doesn't sound like, hey, who's gifted to work with children? You guys be the ones. No, this is for all of us, okay? All right, next. Other mic drop, you like that? Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes not only me, but the one who sent me. So if you're a highlighter, I, I would highlight that first verse and maybe mark that, you know, it's said in 937 as well. Okay? This is not a suggestion. All right. Third P. Am I doing well on time, y'all? Awesome. Third P. Practice. What does this discipline look like for us? I mean, the whole title was the discipline of being with children, okay? So if it's a discipline, we got to practice something. Who likes to practice? I was a soccer player, 
And whew, summer practices were not always my favorite, but in order to be good, I had to practice, okay? And that's the same with our Christian walk. As disciples of Christ, we've got to practice, and we've got to push each other to practice. So what does this look like for us? Keep on going. Um, we've got to talk about receiving children like we're receiving the kingdom, okay? And I'm, I know I have like 45 slides, but this is why, because I put like one word on them. Keep going. Um, so in education, educators, have you been asked what's your why lately? <laughs> like we're all like, we know our why. Okay. No, it's a good question though. What is our why? Um, as I studied this and I read it, y'all, it was such a good reminder for me, my why but I wanted to call our attention as disciples of Jesus today to what is our why as the church? What is our why? Is our why to get everything right on Sunday morning? Some of the time that's what it felt like growing up. Is our why um, to be the most sparkly church so that people will come? Hmm? Is our why to have the best worship band? No, none of those things. Our why is the kingdom of God. Our why is to break in the kingdom, okay? So I just want that to be a reminder to us. So continuing on, I want you to think for a moment about a time in your childhood when an adult was fully present to you. How did this adult's presence change the world around you? I bet I could have asked that question and we could have had a whole 45 minutes where we got into small groups and talked and shared about it. I think all of us can think of someone. One of my people is sitting right over there with his arm around my daughter. My dad is a physician. He's also a farmer. And dad, you had no idea I was going to tell you this, but, uh, you know, dad didn't have a lot of extra time. Um, but when he did, you know what some of my most special times with you were? Riding on the tractor. He would, he would, he would, uh, he would ask for us to ride in the tractor, and I'd have about three hours where I could talk to my dad. That's presence, people. That's presence. Um, so I want you to just think about that, okay? Keep going. So this is our book, and no one so far that has preached on our book has, uh, has, has told y'all this. I guess they just want to keep it secret to the Wednesday night group. I'm going to let all y'all in. Which, by the way, guess what we're talking about Wednesday night? This chapter. So if you're a super Christian, you're going to show up Wednesday and talk about it with us. <laughs> His grace is enough. Um, this, is, uh, this is what Fitch uses in every chapter, okay? He talks about a discipline, and then he talks about our circles of influence. There's three main circles of influence. He talks about the close circle, where Jesus is the host. He talks about the dotted circle, where you serve as the host, and then he talks about our half circle where we are a guest in someone else's circle, okay? And the whole thing is wrapped in presence. So how are you being present? So I'm just going to take us through these three at Stones River, all right? So let's look at our close circle. Here's our close circle, and I just chose a few pictures here. That's the presence of Jesus among us as committed followers in the church. And y'all, we have such, I, I love our little church, I love it because it feels like family. And um, I, love, I love that our kids have, where's Bonnie? Is Bonnie in here? Bonnie, thank you so much for all you do for our kids. Thank you for those that, that serve 
teaching Sunday school. We got we got people that don't get to hear the sermon because they're in there with the kids right now. Um, that's our nativity from a few years ago. Um, Lauren, where are you, Lauren? Yeah, Lauren, I think that's you down there in the front, isn't it? Um, and then I put a picture of Greg since he doesn't like kids. Um, he's <laughs> not really. <laughs> I'm messing with him. This is my this is my nephew, and it's just always sweet to me when. Greg is not Mr. Hey, come here. But he's always the one where the kids are like, hey, will you read a book to me? And he's like, sure. <laughs> no, he's good. And so I put a picture of him with Cooper there reading a book. Um, y'all, this is, to me, this is easy, okay? But I do want to, I just, I, I want to tell you something. Fitch, he, he tells the story about his church and how they take these disciplines really seriously. And he challenges the church to get involved with the kids' ministry. And he says after he does that, 70% of the adults were, were in the kids' ministry. What do you all think our percentage is? I'm not going to have you guess. It's not 70%. So something to consider. Um, presence with our kids um, he said it transformed some of his, his uh, church members' lives. I mean, they just were, were present, just in there with the kids. Okay, let's go to the next circle. This is our dotted circle, okay? Our dotted circle is the presence of Jesus among us as we are with neighbors and strangers in our homes. So this is where we're still the host, but we invite people into our spaces, okay? And one of my favorite Sundays this year has been when we invited Dr. Shields and what, y'all, 14 of her teachers showed up with her? If you weren't here that Sunday, it was an incredible thing to witness. As a teacher, that was really incredible for me to witness. Um, they, they had Dr. Shields up here on stage. She's the principal of Mitchell Nielsen Elementary, which is the elementary school in our neighborhood. And it's a school that our church has really tried to um, work with here lately. Um, and, and we just asked these teachers, and we asked Dr. Shields, like, what are your needs? Like, what is it that you... Um, what do you need from us? And I love, John, you shared a prayer request from Dr. Shields. What was the prayer request? That we be with the kids who come from homes with trauma. I mean, it was something. Yeah, and I, I want you all to think about my students. That I mean, I just shared two stories, right? I mean, I, every teacher in here can share multiple stories. Um, but, y'all, we... we we work with brokenness every day. We need kingdom breaking in, okay? So beautiful. And then I love this picture of our youth. Our youth um, is sorting clothes for uh, Julie, um, the, the shed out here where we keep clothing. Y'all, she works with so many families um, that come in. She has grandparents that come to get underwear for their children. I mean, y'all, I mean, it's the basics, okay? But we're, we're, serving, we're serving families right there. We're serving kids, okay? Go on. And this is our half circle. Um, our half circle is the presence of Jesus among us as we interact with others in our world. Um, and, I, and I want you to keep in mind, presence. How are we being present? We're not just helping. We're not just sending money. We're not just sending things. We are present. We have relationship with people. Um, this is some of our members. Mitchell Nielsen needed help in the cafeteria. They contacted us. You guys showed up. Okay, that's beautiful. Um, picture of Julie at a fair where they were giving out information for the, the resources that she can give. Um, and y'all, Julie's extended the invitation. Anybody that wants to work with her, go with her. 
Go be present with her amongst these people. Okay, keep going. All right, so I'm going to continue the end of that story I was telling you. That, that single mom that moved across the country to be with the church was my mother-in-law. And her little boy was my husband. He had no dad. This is a story of redemption for me. This church, Shiloh Road Church of Christ, poured into their family, poured into Greg's life. He has multiple uh, father types, multiple men that I have come to know and, and love. And I put this picture down here at the bottom. This is his youth minister, Tim. Cohen, our only son, is named Cohen Timothy. He's named after his youth minister. Y'all, I just wanted to share this story because this is an example of powerlessness, of vulnerability, of dependence. And this is a church that took my husband's family in and did kingdom. And look at him now. Look at the wife he chose. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Okay, last slide. So closing thoughts, okay? I want to make sure I didn't miss anything else. Um, so number one, I already, I already put that up there. All right. Number two, how are we being present to our children at Stones River? What ideas does this sermon spark for new practices we should incorporate in our church family? We could do things differently in our worship time where kids are more present. Think about that. Where are your dotted and half circles for being with children? So some of you saw yourselves in pictures up here. Some of you didn't, okay? So where are your dotted circles? Where are your half circles? How, what can you do to better practice the discipline of being with children? Um, I'm going to invite you to come Wednesday night. We're going to continue this conversation um, we're going to talk about it, and I just want to remind you, repent, believe the good news, change the way you think and live. What do you need to do to change the way you're thinking and living when it comes to being with children? May those who have ears to hear, hear the word of God.